Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National. Presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. The Whangamorino wetland is one of New Zealand's largest swamps, but even though it's just off State Highway 1 between Hamilton and Auckland, it's not very well known. And the creatures that live in it are just as cryptic. So trying to work out what birds live there, for example, and whether their numbers are going up or down, calls for someone with a lot of patience. Enter freshwater expert Stella McQueen. Each spring she spends a few weeks braving the mosquitoes and listening out for ever-elusive fernbirds and spotless crakes for the Department of Conservation. Alison joins Stella for a spot of wetland monitoring to find out why she's doing it and hopefully hear or see some wildlife. All of the green that you can see around the edges is willows and other weeds that we don't want around. Um, they just grow on the edges because that's where the nutrients are from the farmland. But in the middle, that brown stuff that looks dead and horrible, that's the real wetland and that's very much alive. It's full of oioi or jointed rush and manuka and all sorts of wonderful little plants. I've come to Whangamarino Wetland in the Waikato to meet self-described native fish geek Stella McQueen. She spends a couple of weeks here every spring counting wetland birds for the Department of Conservation. And Doc Biodiversity Ranger Caitlin Morrison explains that it's part of a nationwide wetland research project. So there's three sites across the country that are um, part of the Arawai Kākāriki programme, which is... Doc managing three different wetlands to do a bit of research and see what's happening in the best way we can manage them. So we've got Whangamorino, we've got Waituna, what's the third wetland? Otawharakai. So they're the team based out of Geraldine, um, so they have more high country wetland area. Um, so each site has different wetlands um, to see how things work in different areas. So it's been going for about seven or eight years now, and it's just like we're looking at predator control and how that affects the birds. So we're looking at yeah the fern birds, the crakes, the bitterns, and um, water quality, and all just the different aspects of the wetland and ways that Doc can manage that to improve other wetlands. So what does Stella's job involve exactly? I'm listening for spotless crake and fern birds. We're monitoring how they're going in relation to the predator control that's happening in different parts of the wetland. So fern birds have a little clicky sound? Yeah, fern birds um, on their own, they make a little click. And you can actually tempt them over to you by clicking with your tongue or tapping two stones together. When there's a pair, because they are quite territorial, um, they have this little duet that they do. So the fern bird looks like a, a sparrow with the colouring of a thrush, I guess, that's been pulled through a hedge backwards. Its tail looks like it's been ripped to shreds, and that's just how it's supposed to be. And fern birds live in really dense vegetation, and they, they don't fly out in the open, they just sort of flit in amongst the open-weave shrubs. 
the spotless crake is a different critter altogether. Imagine a pukeko, shrink it down to the size of a blackbird and make the colours really dull. <laughs> but they are very responsive to recordings. So the fernbirds, I just listen for them because they're quite chattery on their own. But the crakes, I play a recording for five minutes and hopefully the crake will respond. They have several different calls. One is this just little book, book, book sound, a bit like a chicken fucking away as it scratches around. And they have a gobbling sound. And their one to warn other crakes off is this cheering. So that's the booking. That's the angry cheering. And so what's your process for doing this? Sit quietly for a few minutes? Yeah, so first we need to um, sit quietly for five minutes listening for the, the fernbirds and then we play the recording for the crakes. And I note down any fernbirds that I hear during the crake time and vice versa. We stop at a few of Stella's bird monitoring spots and dutifully sit and listen for fernbirds and play the spotless crake recordings. But we don't hear much on the bird front. On the fish front, however, we have much more luck. So Stella, you're here primarily to count birds, but since you're a fish geek, and since we are in a wetland, you've put in a fish trap for me, haven't you, so we can see what's out there. What are you thinking you might have in it? Hopefully, we'll have some mermaid fish to have a look at today. When did you put the traps out? I put them out last night. Most native fish are nocturnal, so you put your trap out one day, connect them the next day. It's not very deep water, but this is what the mudfish like. There's a fish! <laughs> Look at that! Oh yes! Just a baby! So it's definitely a mudfish. Yeah, so it's a really, really young one. Got a little snub nose, tiny little mouth, and really eel-like. Adapting to this sort of wetland where it's um, so full of vegetation, they don't need the swimming around in open water things that other fish have. So it's a galaxid though, isn't it? Is this a galaxid? Yep, it's a um, cousin of the whitebait species. How many species of mudfish have we got? There's five species of mudfish. They're all in quite distinct geographical areas, so their names give away half of them. This black mudfish is found through the Waikato and right up to the top of Northland. The Northland mudfish is found in Northland around Kerikeri, very small distribution that one. The brown mudfish is found in the, the lower third of the North Island and the top of the South Island. Canterbury mudfish, just in Canterbury, and Chatham Island mudfish, just in Chatham Islands. So it's called a black one, but it still looks pretty brown to me. Yeah, it is pretty brown. And, oh, I think it was the second one to be found. So the brown one was found first, and then this was... They realised that it was different, so its species name is Diversus, which means different. Because so it was different to the one they'd already found. It's very shiny and very translucent. Very translucent. Um, it doesn't have any scales. Ah, so none of the white bait species have scales and none of their relatives, like the mudfish, do either. You might have seen it sort of take a gulp and then just hold their air in its mouth. Because um, I was holding it out of the water 
when doing that. It's, um, it's not able to get oxygen the normal way. But mudfish are amazing. They can be out of the water for weeks to several months at a time, as long as they're still damp and it's, it's a humid environment. So this allows them to live in crazy wetlands like this, where their little spot can dry out over summer in a drought and the mudfish can just wriggle down underneath fallen wood or down root holes and things and they're fine yeah just as long as they don't dry out so holding their air in its mouth like that it's actually absorbing the oxygen directly through its, its, the lining of its mouth into its bloodstream and it's back in the bucket and what else is crawling around in there it's very busy. There's a snail it's wandering off now. It's incredibly busy. Yeah, there's a couple of snails, and it's crawling with ostracods, which look like little seeds swimming around by themselves. Um, there's a couple and of a... tiny diving beetles, and there's some caddisflies. They look which... like walking sticks. Yeah. Well, they, they weave their own little bag, and they've attached pieces of leaf litter and stuff to it so that they're, they're disguised. But normally you find these guys in flowing streams. They're a really good indicator of water quality. Um, and I'm rather surprised to see them here in a wetland, but there's, there's several of them wandering around in there. And the ubiquitous mosquito larvae. Ooh. Okay, tell me what's different about this. It's got scales. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gambusia, ah. also known as mosquito fish. They're introduced. Introduced, yes. They're called mosquito fish because people thought that they were good at eating mosquitoes. Turns out they're not. Native fish and practically any other fish is far better at eating mosquito larvae than the mosquito fish is. And they are really, really super invasive. They don't lay eggs. They actually give birth to live young. That way it only takes one female to start a whole new population and they get to really high numbers um, so then they can compete with other fish but they'll also actually actively try to eat other fish a bit like piranha <laughs> so that little guy will not be going back in the wetland even though there's lots of them I'm just not going to put back a pest fish into the wild and then as we're walking between fish traps and bird listening sites That was a craig. That was definitely a craig. And that was native fish geek Stella McQueen, author of A Photographic Guide to Freshwater Fishes of New Zealand. And you also heard from Doc Ranger Caitlin Morrison. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web. rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.